This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Do you think Jesus has a vision for each of us? And if so, how would we find it and what would it look like? Stay with us for Pastor Steve Kramer's message, The Christian Life. Today we are going to take an in-depth look at Jesus Christ's teaching on the Christian life. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. God of grace and glory, may you be glorified this day through our hymns and prayers and message. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God our rock and our redeemer. Amen.
Today's reading is from John chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart. If someone were to ask you to sum up the Christian life in just one word, what word would you use? I invite you to go ahead and think of one. You know, John 15, I've discovered, is a great place to look for the answer to that question. In John 15, Jesus describes the Christian life. He's preparing his 11 disciples for the future, teaching them, saying what needs to be said before his death and resurrection. And he says that the Christian life is all about, are you ready? Relationships. Relationships. Our relationship with Christ, our relationship with one another, and our relationship with the world. That's what John 15 covers. And the focus of today's passage is on our relationship with Jesus Christ. He's giving the disciples his vision for their lives after his death and his resurrection. Now, first he emphasizes his uniqueness and his importance for every one of us by pointing out that he is the true vine. 
He's the one that is intimately being watched over and cared for by his heavenly father, who is the vine dresser. What Jesus seems to be implying here is that he's superior over anything else you might attach your life to. He's basically saying, I'm the only way to go. There are plenty of other vines you could try attaching yourself to, but they can't give you what I can give you. He then goes on to explain, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Here Jesus is using a familiar analogy from the world of agriculture, which the disciples would be very familiar with. They understood that vine branches don't do so well when separated from the vine stock. They produce no grapes. They eventually will shrivel up and die. They need that life flow that comes from the vine. They're dead without it. Well, Jesus then points out, like those vine branches, you need to abide in me. That can be translated, that word abide, as remain or stay attached to me, stay bonded to me. I like the way Christian author and radio pastor Steve Brown describes abiding. He says, abiding in Christ is simply staying near a friend who loves you. This concept is really important for us. And we see it's important as we watch Jesus re repeat it six times in this passage. It's his way of saying, I just don't want you to miss this truth. Abide in me. Our relationship with him, you see, is the key to our growth and maturity and fruitfulness for God and, and our ultimate de destiny as individual followers. The Christian finds strength and purpose through a personal abiding relationship with Jesus. And the weak person becomes strong when grafted onto the vine. And the strong person becomes vulnerable and weak when it gets detached from him. We need to understand this and apply this truth to our lives because we all too often get so caught up in the busyness of life and we neglect this with what we're doing and desiring and debating and we forget we need a higher connection to bring about all that God wants for your life and mine. This truth also applies at the corporate level, the church. The church has a valid ministry and a healthy ministry only as it is empowered by its dependence on Jesus Christ and that gospel. And on prayer, we're, we're tempted to look elsewhere when we're trying to build the church to, to wealthy donors and political connections and leadership manuals for strength and growth. But Jesus tells us fruitfulness and health starts in a different place by abiding in him. And when we lose that focus, we get in trouble. We shrivel up. We get weak. And all too often, the church is tempted to believe otherwise, you see. Prayer life gets swallowed up in busyness of ministry. It's the last thing we think of when we're looking at taking on a new ministry. Or we get lost in the rush of programs and we forget to turn to God's word to instruct us. What a mistake that is. Because that's where the power is, abiding in Christ. In Christian Century, there was an article years ago that says, uh, 
Most professing Christians, from the liberals to the fundamentalists, remain practical atheists. They think the church is sustained by the services it provides or the amount of fellowship and good feeling in the congregation. This form of sentimentality has become the most detrimental corruption of the church and its ministry. The church must abide in Christ. Keep that gospel at the center of everything. Prioritizing the word and sacrament and prayer ministry in order to do great things for the kingdom of God. Jesus sums all this up with a very plain and simple truth that we don't like hearing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That ruffles our feathers a little bit, doesn't it? But Jesus is saying, you need me. Like the old hymn says, I need thee every hour. We need him, first of all, for salvation, don't we? A right, restored relationship with God, because all of us have sinned, and we're separated from God, and the wages of sin is death, and we can't save ourselves. We can do nothing about this. We're helpless to fix it, this relationship with God. Only Jesus... God in Christ can do that for us through his sacrifice upon the cross. And we simply put our trust in what he did for us and receive the gift of eternal life with God. We need Jesus. Furthermore, we cannot grow or live a fruitful life that glorifies God and attracts others to him without remaining attached to the vine, Jesus Christ. Rather than becoming simply mediocre when not connected to Jesus the vine, we become absolutely powerless. Rather than the value of our work being just diminished, it becomes completely worthless. We can no more function spiritually when unconnected to Jesus than we can function physically when we're cut off from the air that we need to breathe. Jesus tells us, how all this ends. He says, you know, you can abide in me and become fruitful, or you can choose not to abide in me and become dead and shriveled and good for nothing except to be thrown out and burned in the end. That's judgment fire, judgment language. So abide in Christ. That's the bottom line here. That's where the real life is, Jesus says. So, Permit me to ask you this personal question. How would you describe your relationship with Jesus Christ right now? Are you trusting in him for your salvation? And are you staying near to this friend who loves you and is the source of real living? Boy, I hope you are. It's a good life with him. An eternal life. Now, if the Christian life is remaining in Jesus, we need to ask then, what does that look like, this abiding, remaining in him? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is we give service to God in regular worship. Not just now and then, but regularly. Worship is the breath of life for the Christian. It reminds us of how big and great our God is. It wakes us up to who we are, sinners in need of forgiveness, saved by grace through faith in Christ. 
It points us to the cross and resurrection and God's loving solution for sin. It allows us to commune with Jesus at the Lord's Supper as we hear the words, the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ. He's there in the faces of brothers and sisters in the family of God who need him like I do. Boy, have I missed that during this pandemic, haven't you? And when I'm worshiping, I walk away with a sense of hope and confidence for facing life in the future. Because worship gives us the big picture. God is in control, and history is headed towards a great and glorious day when Christ will reappear in glory and majesty with his new heaven and new earth, and all will be well. A friend of mine said, when I stopped regularly worshiping, that was the beginning of the end of my walk with Christ. I've discovered that for myself as well. We abide in him also as we give service to others, and particularly the needy. Remember, Jesus did say to the disciples, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. A stranger, you welcomed me in prison and you visited me. Truly, I tell you, as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Finally, there is service that we need to give ourselves in prayer, in the Word. Prayer gives us power. It refreshes our spirits. It guides us as we come and commune with our Heavenly Father. It gives us the nourishment and strength that our souls need. And I can't overemphasize how important it is that we're people that are in the book, the Word. Because the Word is God's means of cleansing and pruning the disciple who believes it and obeys it. For it's in the Word that God the vine dresser's sharp pruning knife cuts away at my pride and my ego and selfishness and distrust and misplaced priorities and unhealthy worldly values. I need him. I need his Word. Christian writer and preacher John Stott says about this that the greatest single secret of spiritual development lies in personal, humble, believing, obedient response to the Word of God. It is as God speaks to us through His Word that His warning can bring us conviction of sin, His promises to assurance of forgiveness, and His commands to amendment of life. We live and we grow by his word. And Stott goes on to say, the more we know scripture, the more we'll know the Lord of scripture. We must, by the way, keep in mind that this isn't some sort of overnight sensation, this bearing fruit. Abiding and cultivating that relationship with Christ uh, that's going to change you and your character and, and, and make you beautiful and, and more, more beautiful and uh, blessing to others and fruitful in God's sight. That's a lifelong process, a continuing action that needs to be taken until we breathe our last word and Jesus takes us to himself. Now, there are promises that 
are attached to this abiding in Christ life. Great promises. First of all, your prayer life is impacted in a very powerful way. Because Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you desire and it'll be done for you. What? That sounds like a blank check, some people might say. But it's not. There's an important condition attached here. Such connectedness to Jesus shapes our asking. If we abide in Christ and his words abide in us, our asking will be in accordance with his will. Whatever you desire will not be frivolous or an evil thing. As we abide in Christ, our hearts will be focused on Christ's concerns and our prayers will sound more like his prayers, like the Lord's prayer that he taught us. You will have exciting times with God, communing with him, just like Jesus did as you pray like Christ. And and you'll bear much fruit. That's the second promise. That's what Jesus says. Galatians 5.22, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. In other words, you become more like Jesus, loving and obedient and joyful. And therefore, your relationships with others will be impacted in a very positive way as you abide in Christ. The word has a power to sh- we, we, that abiding has a power to shape us in the worship and word and prayer. Nathaniel Nothorn wrote, Hawthorne wrote a book, The Great Stone Face, the story of a boy named Ernest who gazed upon a face like rock formation. Legend foretold that the greatest and noblest person would look like that formation. So obsessed with his meditation and about this legend and studying the great stone face each day, Ernest eventually, in the book, reflected the image of the mountain. So it is with us. The more we gaze upon God's majesty in Scripture and meditate upon Christ and his love for us and obey the truth that he gives us, the more we become transformed to the likeness of Christ. Finally, You bring glory to God. Jesus says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. God being glorified in the Bible means God's majesty and greatness is revealed, is shown to human beings. That's our ultimate goal as Christians. God being glorified through us so that others might be moved to give him glory and worship him and obey him. You know, fruit was an important source of food in Jesus' time. A good fruit-bearing vineyard or orchard was an important cash crop and a blessing to the owner. Good fruit-bearing trees and vines enhanced the owner's standing in the community. Look what a great vine dresser he is, they would say. Well, the fruits of Christ-like living in the same way, bring glory to our Heavenly Father, the vine dresser. As we live out our days as loving, hopeful people, then others are drawn to these qualities. And that gives opportunity for us to witness to the Lord who makes that kind of life possible. Oftentimes when we're saying our goodbyes to a friend, was traveling back home, will say something like, let's stay connected. Well, that's the gist of today's message. 
the best friend you will ever have, who loves you and gave his life for you to rescue you and give you new life, is saying to you and to me today, let's stay connected. Amen. Just a closer walk with thee Granted Jesus is my plea Thou art strong Jesus keep me From all wrong I'll be satisfied As long As I walk Let me walk Close to Thee Just a closer walk with Thee Granted Jesus is my plea Daily walking close to Thee Let it be, dear Lord, let it be The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. You've been worshiping with the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. The fruits of Christ-like living brings glory to our Heavenly Father. When we live a Christian life, others are drawn to those qualities. And we now can share the good news of Jesus Christ to all who want to listen. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Many people choose to support this ministry with a memorial gift, which is given to remember a loved one or friend. Address your gifts to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. We invite you to visit our website at www.christiancrusaders.org. Our website is secure and extremely easy to find important links to daily devotion podcasts or rebroadcast of Christian Crusaders programs and a variety of ways to support this ministry. We thank each of you for your prayers and gifts. We are thankful you chose to join us today, and we look forward to worshiping with you again next Sunday. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 85th year of broadcasting biblical truth.